Happy New Year. I really want to take the time to invite you to come to tonight's prayer meeting. I believe it's going to be a launch into this next 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we just want to set the tone tonight and come before the Lord. It's going to be at the ministry center from 5 to 7. I really want to invite you corporately to come and be a part of that as a church family as we gather together to seek the Lord in prayer. We're also going to be taking 21 days and on social media You can uh, tune in and follow along with different prayer points that our leaders are going to be leading in prayer via social media. So during this time of prayer, that will be a good way that you can jump in and participate into what Nations Church is doing. You know, today I feel such a stirring in my heart, this, this topic, this call to prayer, I believe is such a word from the Lord. I have several words from the Lord, actually, for this church, and I have several words from the Lord for those of you who are watching online. And the beautiful thing is, they're all found in this book. You know, (laughs) amen. It doesn't matter if it's the season of the eagles or the season of the apostles or the season of the super chickens. It really doesn't matter because I'm going to obey and follow this book, as Joshua 1.8 says, that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you'll meditate on it day and night and be clearly focused to obey what it says. Amen? That's the word of the Lord for 2023. It's in the book. You need a breakthrough for your family? It's in the book. You need a breakthrough for your marriage? It's in the book. You need a breakthrough in your church and ministry? It's in the book. Amen. Oh, Lord. I do believe the Lord is moving in his church in a significant way on this topic of prayer. It's a type of reformation. I believe that there's a a restoration of the root system. It's not a new thing, but it's back to what the early church apostles had built. It's what the Bible says to do. It's a restoration of presence ministry. It's a restoration of prayer. It's a restoration of parenting and healthy marriages. It's a restoration of the preaching of the gospel. That's what I believe the Lord is doing in this hour. And you can find it in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 43. Let's turn there. Let's let's read this together. We should have it. Be read. It says, the early church, the apostles, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. I believe these are four pillars that every church ministry should have thriving in their ministries. If, if anything is deficient in any of these four areas, I believe it's something the church needs to focus on. That the body of Christ would come back to a devotion. They were devoted. They, some translation says they gave themselves to these things. They gave themselves to hearing the teaching of the apostles, to breaking bread, which signifies the bread of presence and covenant ministry. That if there is going to be a church, an establishment, that there has to be covenant relationships centered around the presence of the Lord. And then there was fellowship of the Spirit. It wasn't just 
uh, having uh, barbecues with one another and going to the movies and having fun. Yes, I believe in those things, and those things are fun. But this fellowship was a fellowship of the Spirit. It's where they gathered together and they allowed the Spirit of God to function in the gifts as a body. And it knitted their hearts together in love. And then it says they gave themselves to prayer. And that's what I want to focus on today is a call back to prayer as one of the pillars in the church. You see, prayer was never meant to be an appendage that was just attached to the church ministry. It is meant to be the very generator. It's meant to be the very uh, furnace that that everything is birthed, that, that as coming together as leaders in the body of Christ, that we would pray together, not just individually, but we would pray together corporately to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying so that we could knit our hearts together with one mind and in one accord, just as the disciples did in the early church. And it says that fear gripped many and that signs, wonders, and power was released in this early church because of these four things that they gave themselves to. It's a prophetic call back to the root system of the early church and apostles. Can you imagine if the apostles heard today that there was a false religion that had more of a devoted life of prayer than Christianity, they would have been appalled. If they would have heard that Islam was gathering together five to six times a day to get on their face before God and that they were out praying the church of Jesus Christ, they would say, what is this going on? But yet today there's more lip service given to prayer than any other thing. We talk about how powerful prayer is and how necessity prayer, how necessary prayer is, but yet when you go to a prayer meeting, it's usually the least amount of people in the church you can find. Is it okay if I can be honest with you today? Where is this apostolic intercession? Where is this gripping, this holy burden of the Lord? Paul the Apostle wrote to Timothy specifically in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. He said, first of all, Timothy, I urge you that petitions and prayers and supplications and intercessions be made on behalf of all men. And then he goes on to say in verse 7 that he wants men to pray in every place, lifting up holy hands to the Lord. Listen, intercession ministry isn't for a back room of old women and widows to gather together and just pray for the church. This is for the men to pray. This is for the leaders to pray. This is for us to gather together. This was the apostolic instruction given to Timothy. What has happened in the church today? We need a spirit of prayer. Did you know there's many different modes of prayer? You can pray in tongues. You can give praise and thanksgiving. One of my favorite things to do is contemplation or meditation. You know, you go into a place, a secret place, and you meditate on the word of the Lord. And out of that place, you get revelation. And out of revelation, you become fascinated. The problem is we've become too bored. We haven't taken the time to sit at his feet and to choose the better part like Mary and to hear the graceful words from his lips that fascinates our hearts 
that keeps us coming back for more and gives us the ability to enter into supplication. Where is the lost art of supplication? Supplication is the action of coming before someone who has the authority to grant a petition. And it says to ask or to even beg for that thing to be given, for something to be given. It is a begging, it's a supplication. The reason we don't supplicate more is because we become too comfortable. We haven't been put in situations where we have the need to supplicate. Even Jesus himself, it says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, it says that in the days of his flesh, he lifted up his voice with loud crying and tears to the one who could save him from death. Before my father passed away, he was a Pentecostal preacher. He passed away when I was in Bible college, and he said, son, if you can understand the parable of the sower and the seed, you can understand all mysteries. And I went back and studied the parable, and I found in Mark chapter 4, verse 13, the disciples come back to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, what does this parable mean? And he says, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand any of the parables? He laid this as a foundational parable. That when you come to a meeting or you hear the word of the Lord, it's like seed being sown in the garden of your soul. And it says after the seed is sown, Satan is immediately going to try to steal that seed. I mean, that's a very powerful, that's an intense statement. Did you know that after you hear this word, the enemy has set up things in your life to try to get you off of focus on what you just heard and we have fallen into the trap of thinking that we have what we talk about in a service but the truth is we leave barren and unless we take that seed and we go back to a place of meditation and we water that seed and cultivate that seed so that it develops a root system then we begin to walk out in the spirit of truth the manifestation of that word Daniel has been preaching phenomenal messages on faith. It's something that the Lord has marked this church with. We have to take that seed and go back to our homes, shut the door to the devil, and open up our hearts and let God water that seed so that the root system is developed and that we can grow and begin to bear the fruit of the kingdom of God. This happens through contemplation, contemplative prayer and meditation. Then there's intercession. And what I love about intercession is we see it so clearly all throughout the epistles. In the life of the apostles, specifically in the life of Paul the apostle. You know, the Lord spoke to me recently and said, Stephen, people want the power that I gave to Paul, but they don't want his prayer life. It takes time. Don't let social media and entertainment take the place of fascination through the spirit of revelation and contemplation. Just listen to some of these exhortations from Paul the Apostle. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18, with all prayer and petitions, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. In 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 10, it says, As we night and day keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. 
In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. In 2 Timothy 1.3, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as I constantly remember you in my prayers day and night. Romans 1.9, for God whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his son is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you. What an amazing statement to make that Paul the apostle calls on God to be witness of his unceasing prayer life. The audacity to say I call God as a witness that I labor in prayer as a father does for his children for you day and night for all the churches. Colossians 1.9, for this reason also since the day we heard of it, have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Ephesians 1.16, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying for us at the same time that the Lord would open up to us a door for the word so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. I could go on and on. This isn't even exhaustive. This doesn't even mention the prayers that are written in the epistles. These are exhortations of a prayer life, but it also goes on. You know how many apostolic prayers there are in the Bible? If you struggle with praying, let me encourage you, go and memorize and study the prayers that are already there. They come from the unction of the Holy Spirit. We know that God loves those prayers because he's the one who gave them to him. Look, I don't understand it. It's a mystery. But all I can say, it is the wisdom of God to bow your knee and say, Holy Spirit, come and pray through me. God, show me what you want me to pray. And the, and the prayers of the saints are being gathered into bowls that will one day release the will of God on the earth. It is wisdom to take your time and to devote yourself in the place of prayer. I believe Nations Church should have the most thriving prayer room we've ever seen on the earth. If you truly believe that prayer makes a difference in the amount of souls that are saved, do you believe that? Do you believe that prayer makes a difference concerning the salvation of souls? If you believe that, then our furnace should be hot and burning and on fire calling out for a greater harvest. God is marrying these two ministries, the intercession of the saints and the preaching of the gospel. I believe God's going to raise up a million intercessors for a billion soul harvest, and you are going to be right in the middle of it. How many will say, I'll sign up to partner with the Lord to give birth to this movement? It takes time. Prayerlessness is the fruit of unbelief. If you truly believed, Mark eleven twenty four, 24, that whatsoever things you ask, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. If we really believe that, friend, you should be on your knees a lot more than you really are. We need deliverance from unbelief. We need deliverance from fear. We need to have this worldliness driven out of us. We need to... Let this comfort zone be driven out of us and bring us back to a place of devotion in Christ. Amen.
You see, intercession and prayer isn't about getting more power, although power is released. It's about love. It's about the restoration of the first commandment. The great commission does not precede the greatest commandment. It's about intimacy. It's about knowing him, and out of that place he gives us his heart. We get to know him. We get to partner with him. Paul says this, Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, he says, God is my witness, how I long for you with the affections of Jesus Christ. Now, how can a man who didn't walk with God in the flesh, of course, he had the road to Damascus experience, got knocked off a horse, I guess that helps. But yet, this man did not walk with Jesus in the flesh. It was through a devotional life that he was caught up into realms and he saw and he heard things and this marked him with the spirit of prayer. And he comes out of this place and says, I call God as, wit as my witness how I long for you with the affections of Jesus Christ himself. And this I pray still more and more that your love would abound in real knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent. Did you know discerning of spirits and the ability to approve those things that are supernatural come from the foundation of the knowledge of God's love? Love helps you see clearly. Authentic love produces prayer and prayer produces authentic love. Beloved, this is about the first commandment being written on our hearts that he would set us as a seal upon his heart. Then we see in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, there's another level of this place of intercession called travailing prayer. Romans 8, 26 says, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but in our weakness, the Holy Spirit comes and he prays through us with utterances too deep for words. Oh, that God would restore the ministry of spiritual travail in the place of intercession again that would give birth to an open heaven and a revival. You see, the reason we don't see the word revival in the New Testament is because they were already living in revival. They already had revival. And it's travailing prayer during the days of the Browns for revival. There would be moments where the spirit of travail would come on the church and they would begin to groan and yell and weep. Lord, where is the weeping prophet's? Where are the ones that love the prayer room more than the platform? Where are the ones who will carry the stigma and bear the burden of the prophets of old? I believe the Samuels are being raised up in houses of prayer all over the earth. They're five, six, seven, eight years old. But just as Samuel was laid before the presence of God, they are hearing and discerning his voice. And prophets, true prophets, are going to arise. And they're going to speak with thunder. And it's going to release atmospheres of truth. And it's going to expose darkness. They're in the earth right now as we speak. Joel chapter 2 verse 28 Many people quote it and say, in the last days, the Lord's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That's very catchy. People say it a lot, but we miss the very first part of that verse. In verse 28, it says, it will come about after this. After what? What is he talking about? It, it will come about after this. Well, if you go over to verse 12. Verses 12 through 17 lay out what happened before this outpouring is to come. 
It says, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm, gather the people, gather the elders, gather the children, stop life as normal, shut it down, and get on your face and cry out. Let the priests, the Lord's ministers, come out and, and declare, spare your people, O God. It was in the time of urgency, and beloved, I feel if I could speak prophetically, I believe we are in an hour of urgency. Let's not fall back asleep because in a moment things can be shaken and things can be turned on a dime, and we want to be ready. We don't want to wait for the storm to come to begin to fast and pray. We want to fast and pray now so that we're ready and have the word in season to give it. I want to invite you to stand. We do not fast in order to twist the arm of God to get something from Him that He wasn't already ready to give. We fast because it comes from a place of lovesick worship that we long for His presence, we long for His return. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 through 17, it says, There will come a time when the bridegroom is taken from you, and then you will fast. And he talks about a wineskin being prepared. Fasting is about humbling yourself and taking a place of posture so that we can receive and operate in his intimacy and he can fill us both individually and corporately with an entrustment of his power. There's a rumbling in the land I can hear the sound of the blowing of shofar saying, a call to prayer. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord. Make room for Him in your homes. Make room for Him in your families. Make room for Him in your ministries. Restore the first commandment. Restore the pillars of the early church. If today you would say, I need to return to the Lord. I know I have neglected my prayer life. I know I've allowed these things to get in between me and the Lord. And I want this spirit of prayer. I want to be a part of this intercession movement that's hitting the earth. If that's you, I want to call you forward and just present yourself before the Lord today. Return to the Lord. Maybe you've been backslidden. Maybe you've allowed things in your life that you know have gotten in the way of your prayer life. It's time to set aside the time to the Lord. 